Us, go therefore and make disciples of all nations. This year we launched our first full-time internship with Muslim background believers. They are being trained in the work of the ministry to be raised up as leaders in this region. They are being taught the scriptures in classroom settings and spend hours every week in the prayer room, both to worship the Lord and seek His face and also to be trained to minister to the Lord in the spirit of the tabernacle of David. These Muslim background soon-to-be leaders are already leading worship, they're leading prayer meetings, and writing new songs in their native language that's being birded out of them encountering Jesus. Jesus declared that his house shall be a house of prayer for all nations. At the Mesopotamia house of prayer, we are experiencing God's presence in amazing ways as we are becoming to be a people of one thing. The altar of worship and prayer is rising from this land. We are seeing the spirit of Ephesians 2.15, where the walls of divisions are being broken, where people, uh, where people are coming from different backgrounds, different culture, different tongue. Arabs, Kurds, Persians, Jews, Westerners are coming together to glorify Jesus. Incense will rise from every place, and this is what will make the name of Jesus famous on the earth. In the summer of 2014, we saw one of the worst tragedies in modern history as ISIS swept through large portions of Syria and Iraq. And as a result, we've seen hundreds of thousands of people stream up here to northern Iraq. And we've seen an openness to the gospel that we believe is unprecedented. Consistently, we run into Muslims, whether in the refugee camps or on the streets, that are having visions and dreams. And they receive the New Testament. They receive prayer when we pray for them in the name of Jesus Christ. And they're seeing many, many healings and being encountered by the Lord in different ways. And we've seen many come to the Lord and many have entered the baptismal waters of repentance and we believe with all of our heart that now is the time for the harvest in the Middle East for the glory of God not only has God called us to preach the gospel but to plant the gospel and he's invited us to plant house churches amongst Muslim background believers currently we're working with the uh, Arab uh, house church in the refugee camps and also here in Erbil and in Kirkuk and God is saving not just individuals but entire families as they're being taught how to submit their lives to the loving rule of Jesus Christ and we're seeing an outpouring of God's spirit that we're witnessing that we believe is not just revival as most of us have experienced it but is seeing a real resting place place for his name, a living habitation unto the glory of God here in Iraq. Our team here in northern Iraq now consists of four families, 21 people in total, 13 of which are children. And there's a continued outpouring of God's spirit to really see a covenant community expression amongst us. On behalf of the rest of our team, we want to express how thankful we are that you are a part of our lives and that you are standing with us to advance God's kingdom here through your prayers, through words of encouragement that you send and your faithful financial support. Thank you. We have been um, in, in the North Iraq now for three and a half years. As you saw in the video right now, we are, our team consists of four families. And, um, you know, there is a... Uh, there is a powerful prophecy, a promise in the book of Isaiah 19, 23 to 25. I'm going to go ahead and quote it to you. It says, On that day there will be a highway from Egypt and to Assyria. Now Assyria in the scripture, uh, that's the northern part of Iraq, part of Syria, a little bit part of Turkey. And you will find Assyria all over in the scriptures. And by the way, if you don't, maybe you don't realize, but... Iraq has had the most biblical activity in the scriptures after Israel. 
You will find it there in Mesopotamia, Assyria, Nineveh. Um, Abraham was from there, Ur, it's in Iraq, uh, Esther, Daniel. <laughs> uh, many things happened in, in, in biblically in, in, um, in Iraq. But Isaiah 19 says there on that day there will be a highway from Egypt unto Assyria. And the Egyptians will worship with the Assyrians. And it says, and on the, by the way, that's already happening. Even at our house of prayer there in Iraq, Egyptians and Assyrians are coming together to worship Jesus. There's even Egyptians and Assyrians getting married. I mean, that passage, that scripture is being fulfilled. And then it says, on that day, Israel will be the third party together with Egypt and Assyria, a blessing on the earth, whom the Lord shall bless, saying, blessed be Egypt, my people. Assyria, the work of my hands, and Israel, my inheritance. Now, um, I will tell you why this is important. Egypt right now, is, it has been, it's becoming more and more already fulfilling its purpose. In Egypt, there's a very strong church. Yes, it's a Muslim country, but the church of Jesus, you know, the, and the church in general, uh, is a strong church in Egypt. There's 24-7 around the clock of worship and prayer going on. Most worship music, worship songs that come out in Arabic come out from Egypt. Most missionaries that are sent out from the Middle East are sent out from Egypt. I work with Egyptian missionaries myself in Iraq. And so that's being fulfilled already. And then it says Assyria will also, the work of my hands, and we will be a blessing on the earth. Now when you look at the news... You don't think of a blessing. <laughs> when you look at Iraq and Syria and what's happening in Turkey, you don't think of a blessing, right? You, you, you see terrorism, you see war, you see fighting, a corruption, and all these kind of things. Well, um, our goal is not to look in the news, right? Our goal is to look at Jesus. <laughs> and to look at His Word and His promises, God, He will fulfill His purpose on the earth. He's just looking for people that love Him enough to believe Him. And I tell you, it is no surprise why the devil, the enemy, has been working so hard through that spirit of Islam that works through fear and terror. That his goal has been to get the light out, meaning believers out. The devil knows very well that God's purposes are fulfilled through his people. And so his goal has been get the believers out. And that's why we have seen a major Christian exodus in Iraq. You know, before the fall of Saddam, it was about 1.2 million. It dropped less than 200,000. And that's even before ISIS. Can you imagine since ISIS came two years ago, how much more the Christians want to leave, you know, because of the persecution. The enemy has been trying to get the believers, the Christians, the light out. And I tell you, one reason he's been working so hard, because he knows the scripture, okay? Uh, because he knows that once Assyria will be a blessing, then Israel will join as well. And the enemy does not want that to happen. And that's why he's working so hard. But I tell you, I'm going to take a few minutes to tell you, you've been seeing a lot of bad news when it comes to the Middle East, but there is good news. And God is revealing his son Jesus to many Muslims. He, as always, from the beginning, has been always, even before Christ came to the earth, his goal has always been to reveal his son, Jesus. Amen? I know I'm going a little fast. 
His goal is to reveal His Son. It always has and it always will be. He's doing that around the clock to us. I'm going to talk about that as well in a few minutes. He always wants to reveal Jesus and He's doing this both to the lost and to us. Yeah, and so I have traveled, you know, in many countries. I've done uh, over, I don't know, 25 countries. I lost count, but... Uh, and I've met many different people groups and seen people and what God is doing. But I've never have seen any people group that are having so many dreams of Jesus like Muslims. And they are seeing dreams of Jesus like he's described in the book of Revelation. Dreams I have not seen, I haven't had like this. And you know, many people, I haven't heard like this, but Muslims, brothers and sisters from cities where have been so Islamic, where ISIS even is right now, they are having dreams of Jesus. So two years ago, uh, I was visiting here with my family as well. That was the time when ISIS moved from Syria into Iraq. It was on the news a lot. ISIS taking over cities. This second largest city in Iraq was the first one they took. It's called Mosul. That is the main city in Nineveh. And by the way, one of the things that God spoke to us before we went to Iraq, He told us this, I will send you to Nineveh like I sent Jonah. Now we can re relate a little bit why Jonah didn't want to go there at first. <laughs> it's very Islamic. They're wild. <laughs> They're still wild. <laughs> and... Uh, so, uh, but God has a purpose and that's why the enemy's been working so hard through that fear and terror. Well, right during that time when ISIS moved, that was June of two, two years ago, before I traveled to the trip here in the U.S., God moved on my heart. I'm telling God spoke to me and he told me, believe with me for a prayer movement in Iraq. Now, I'm thinking, who's going to come here to pray? <laughs> You know, I'm thinking people are leaving. Missionaries left and, and people, you know, was planning to come on this trip and of course planning to go back and people saying, why are you going back? And I was saying, it's not time to leave Iraq. It's time to go. I probably said that here. You know, because God spoke it. Believe with me for a prayer movement in Iraq. Two years ago, after the summer trip, just like this, as soon as I traveled back, we hosted 50 hours of nonstop worship and prayer. The presence of God came. I tell you, believers, Iraqi believers were sending me text messages as I'm at the front praying. And they were saying, when I, they were saying things like this. We don't want this to stop. They said, when we came to the prayer meeting, it felt like heaven. And I had those thoughts myself, actually. The presence of God came. So then I started to, to tell them, I said, this is normal. This should be the normal. I was told them there's going to be around the clock of worship and prayer going on. In Malachi 1.11 it says that my name will be great, famous among the nations. Incense will rise from every place and a pure offering will be offered to God for my name will be great among the nations. So as some incense will rise, the worship and prayer and intercession of God's people will rise even in some of the most darkest places on the earth because His name will be famous. 
And I was telling them, I'm not, listen, I'm not against war, but I was telling them our hope is not an American military coming and dropping bombs. I'm not against war. Of course, they need to be stopped, but our real hope is in the presence of God being with us. That's the real safety. That's the real power. And you know, you can't, you can't blow up a, a demon with a bomb. It's only through the blood of Jesus and the gospel being preached that sets people free. And so, and we did this uh, uh, 50 hours. And since that time, we've been seeing a rise in worship and prayer. Even the director of a house of prayer in Jerusalem had a vision of the altar of worship and prayer rising out of North Iraq. He saw like bulldozers digging this huge reservoir. It was going to hold the water to come. And because of this, other houses of prayer found out about it. And it got us kind of on the map of Houses of prayer, they found out about us. There's a house of prayer ready. And so teams started wanting to come to help the worship and prayer. I tell you, God had a plan. I hop in Kansas City. They contacted, they said, we want to help strengthen the prayer movement in Iraq. And so since that time, we've been raising up people to minister to the Lord. In the spirit of the tabernacle of David. You know it says about the tabernacle of David. He hired thousands of prophetic singers and musicians to minister to him around the clock. And that's what created a, 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 a habitation for his presence. And it says that God will restore the tabernacle of David as in the days of old. He will do this around the world. And so... As you saw in the video, that's a little bit what, what has been happening. And now there's about maybe 15 to 20 hours a week of worship and prayer going on. And I tell you, when we first moved there, we, the Assyrians, which are got saved from the Catholic background, they were helping us, you know, worship and prayer. And we continue, they do. But they would tell me, they said, Fame, we don't feel comfortable when Muslims' uh, background come to the Permians. And the, the young girls, they says, I want to be able to dance. And I don't feel comfortable in front of Muslim background believers. And of course, I ignore them. And uh, because I know that the new face of the church, the new church, the new face of Christianity will be from Islam. Will be from Muslim background. The Christian exodus has been happening, yes. I even, you know, I sing articles on BBC like, will Christianity survive in the region where it first originated? Because they're seeing this exodus. And I'm thinking, let them see the exodus. Because not only is it going to survive, they're going to see the greatest harvest ever among Muslims. And brothers and sisters, it's happening. We were, from the beginning, we encouraged pastors because they discouraged seeing people leave Iraq. And they were, they were telling me the church is bleeding. And I said, don't be discouraged. The new face of the church will be from Muslim background. And you know what? It's happening. Now it's normal for Muslims coming. Knocking, even the, we work with an AOG church there where we live, and uh, and if they come, they come, and they want to be baptized. Muslims are coming; they want to know more who Jesus is. Brothers and sisters, this is happening. This didn't used to. This was not normal before, and it's becoming normal now. One girl that came up to the pastor, dressed as, of course, as a Muslim. Her parents think she's in college. 
she came and asked the pastor, would you baptize me? And you know, normally we're not quick to baptize. Meaning we want to make sure they understand what it means to be a, a new believer born again. Not saved from one religion to the other, you know. Because many Muslims, they're coming to Christians and they will say, well, I want to be a Christian. That means they like the fruit of what we have. They like love. They like peace. They like the healings that they're seeing. But you can't just all of a sudden become a Christian. You need a born-again experience. It's a, it's a heart turned towards God and faith in Jesus, you know. And so this girl told the pastor, would you baptize me? And, uh, and he says, you know, I don't usually baptize fast, you know. But he, she, he said she knew the Quran so well. And then she knew the words of Jesus. She was quoting Jesus so much. He, he told me, she made me feel like I need to get baptized. And, uh, and I tell you, when he told her, I will baptize you right there in the office, that girl started jumping up and down in the air with excitement that he would baptize her. Even she was coming in our prayer meetings morning. We have like devotional worship. I'm on the keyboard, just a couple of people. And this ex-Muslim girl coming dressed. Her parents think she's in college, but she's opening her Bible and just listening and worshiping and reading the word. I tell you, brothers and sisters, then this we are baptizing people and discipling people now from Iraq, from Iran, and from Syria. We Before when we first moved there, we were go looking, I mean, look, we would go talking to people and look to see Muslims that are open. Now they are coming to us. Now they are coming to us asking for questions. And I tell you, we don't have even enough time to meet with all of them. And that's why this year, as you saw in the video, we started to raise up leaders. With the students that we had in our first internship, March, April, May, they're from Iran, Iran. They were Muslims before. Now they're being trained in the word. They're leading prayer meetings now. Not only we led them in the prayer meetings, now they are leading prayer meetings. Now they are leading worship. Now they are writing new songs as they're countering Jesus. And now they're even starting a house church themselves. Listen, this is normal. I, I, I want to tell you again, again, God has a purpose. And this is, and his plan hasn't changed, is to reveal Jesus. And so it's starting to make more sense why he said, believe with me for a prayer movement. You know, Muslims in, uh, the, in Islam, it's a praying culture. They pray five times a day. It's a praying culture. They go to the mosque. They pray five times a day. It's a prayer movement. It's a demonic prayer movement that has demonic power and demonic impact. Christianity is or should be a prayer movement. <laughs> you know, and that is, and that is why God, I've seen more now. He's saying, believe me for a prayer movement. He's raising this altar of worship and prayer because I tell you, it takes his prayer movement to contend with a demonic prayer movement. And the more they crash, the results will be Muslims having more dreams of Jesus. Their hearts open. They're seeing Jesus. And I tell you, if we don't give up, if we don't stop, that we're going to see it more and more. And this is what really will provoke Israel to jealousy. Thank you, Jesus. You know, when I told him that God told us, I sent you to Nineveh like I sent Jonah, right? Well, physically, it's been, you know, hard to go there because there's even no government right now. ISIS, there's fighting going on. But, but uh, these people from Nineveh, they were displaced. I mean, hundreds of thousands. We had no idea, brothers and sisters, how strategic our place was going to be. 
We didn't know that we're going to end up with over a million refugees and, and displaced people living in refugee camps even five minutes from our house. We had no idea. And you know what? These people from Nineveh, these Muslims, they ended up in a refugee camp five minutes from our house. The first time I went in there, I felt it a little hostile, you know, but then what, we, we don't give up. We keep praying. We go back. And you know what we did? We took a guitar. And we went in, in, in this refugee camp with the guitar. I told the camp manager, you know, music therapy helps people, you know. And, uh, and he says, okay, go ahead. And we started to sit and we went in. The guy playing the guitar, he learned some words in Arabic. And he went straight in Arabic to Jesus, you're beautiful. And I tell you, and I'm thinking, I know they understand him. He's singing in Arabic. And a crowd start to gather, men, children, and women. And the crowd's getting bigger, and we continue to worship. And then I turned to my friend David, and I told him, we've got to preach here to this crowd. And we did, and we preached openly to them for just a few minutes. And we told them, we will pray for the sick. Men would line up waiting for us to pray for them, to take us to their tents, to pray for their sick. I'm not exaggerating. When we went into worship, something happened. Something broke open that we've been going in there ever since. And we, and I tell, we sit in tents sometimes and, and now the word is, is going out. These Christians come in and God uses them to heal people. A tribal leader, you know, there's tribes, it's tribal in Iraq. He told us, he's Gaddafi, his name. He says, uh, he says, you know, he says, when you Christians pray for the sick, God heals them. Come to my tent. And he has a list of sick people inside of the camp. I'm telling you, among Muslims. And, uh, and so we were sitting in this tent and then people come, Muslim women, you know, one after the other to tell us the dreams they were having. They're waiting in line to tell us. And what's encouraging is this, that some of them had these dreams not while they've been in that camp. They've had those dreams while they were in Nineveh, in Mosul, in the Islamic city. And they had the dreams of Jesus then and they never did anything with it. And now ISIS comes, they're displaced in a camp five minutes from our house and these Christians are going in and now they get to tell us their dreams that they had before. And that's why this encourages us so much because we, even if we don't see or we don't hear, we believe His Word. We keep praying, we keep believing because if we pray according to His will, He hears us and He will do what we are asking Him to do. It happens and it works all the time, everywhere. Thank you, Jesus. So thank you, God. And thank you, really, uh, Pastor Todd and the leadership and the church for believing, you know, even with us before we even left. <laughs> before when we, it was just a vision. And I tell you, it's happening now. Even now we have about 100 hours. We do this every year. 100 hours of nonstop worship and intercession. That's four and a half days, no stop. We did that in November. I want you to get the baptism video if you can, uh, ready real quick when I tell you. <laughs> and uh, so, so uh, yeah, so we do this 100 hours of worship and prayer. And, and, and teams have been coming. Last November, about 50 people traveled to join us because it takes some help to do 100 hours. And, uh, and we did, and God's presence again came. And uh, there's so many stories I have time to tell you. But one thing that happened, one, uh, the, a team that visited, it was from Virginia. They stayed in a hotel across the street, you know, as they're coming to pray back and forth. And there was a young man from Syria that's a, that was a Muslim. And, uh, 
and praying five times a day, the whole bed. One thing was heavy on him, and he hasn't seen his father in two years. Five brothers in Iraq and his mom, refugees, his father in Syria. The Christians, the team, American team, they prayed with him that God would make a way. As soon as they traveled back to the U.S., his father came. He was so impacted by it, he told his father and his family, the reason that you're here, because I met a few Christians. And they prayed, and God heard them. And God answered, and that's why you are here. That was in November. Now the team kept texting him back and forth. I visit him. He listened, but then he would tell me, you know, I'm Muslim. And I'm thinking, yes, I know, that's why I'm coming. <laughs> anyway, so, uh, so then in February, first week of February, I get some texts. I need help. Can Jesus help me? I want to meet him. He comes over, I tell, you know, and then I, I, he's sharing, he's heavy, no finances, you know, no money. And thank God he didn't ask me for money. He, he's looking for answers. He says, Fabian, you know I'm Muslim. I pray five times a day. I'm doing everything I know how as a Muslim, but nothing is changing. Why did he come to Christians? They pray, God hears, he answers. And then I said to him, I said, have you ever asked Jesus to reveal himself to you? He says, no, I haven't. I said, are you afraid to do that? He says, no, I'm not afraid, but I want to do it with someone that knows how. He says, okay. I will pray. My friend, Iraqi believer, will pray. And then you pray. He barely got the words, Ya Rab, which means, Oh Lord. Barely got it out. As soon as he went, Ya like this, this deep cry, he let it out and broke down crying and crying and crying. Finally, we could get words out. Everything was Yeshua, Jesus. Jesus, show yourself to me. Jesus, I need you. Jesus, help me. You know, Jesus, I want to know you. And I tell you, and I know that his first prayer, when he lifted his face, his face was shining. And, uh, and I, I tell you, uh, the first word that came out of his mouth was, wow. <laughs> he speaks good English. He told me I was not expecting this. I'm thinking, I told you Jesus said, come to me. You know, and I said, what does it feel like? What's happened? He said, I feel like a mountain just got lifted off of me. Since that was in, that was February. Now, Everything is Jesus. I tell you, he's going to be persecuted with his, from his family. He's still a witness. He's fasting. He's on a 30-day fast right now. <laughs> you know, he's leading prayer meetings. Lastly, last week, while I'm, you know, here, he's leading prayer meetings. He's witnessing in the refugee camp with us to other Muslims. He even teaching at the house church. I want you to see his video, and then I've got a, just a few things to share in our face. So this is his water baptism just we did the last week of May. decided to follow Jesus forsaking all others? Yes, I did. You've counted the cost of following him and found him worthy of being followed? Yes. 
because of your confession of faith and your commitment to follow him. We find it right with God and ourselves to baptize you. His goal, like I said in the beginning, is to reveal Jesus to people. Yes, he's doing it to dreams, through visions. Then in this situation, he did it through believers, through his people. God's revealing his son even through his church, through his people. And maybe you are here this morning. And he says, you know, I, I want Jesus to reveal himself to me. I need it myself. You know, I... I one of the things that even us as a team, families there and a team and disciples, we continually tell them this is God's goal, is to reveal Jesus for us to see him and hear from him. You know, uh, even that, that passage in Luke chapter 10, when we see the passage about Jesus going to Mary and Martha's house, you know that passage. And it says about Mary, uh, sorry, about Martha, you know, she was telling Jesus, she was actually, uh, she told him, Jesus, don't you care, <laughs> you know, that you, you're not telling Mary to come help me. And what did Jesus tell Martha? He said, Mara, Martha, you are distracted about many things. He says, you are worried. He said, you are distracted. She was distracted. The Bible says she was distracted with much serving. And then Jesus told her, you are worried and troubled about many things. About Mary, you know what Mary did, the difference with her? She sat at Jesus' feet. God came to her house, <laughs> you know, and she sat at his feet. And she was looking at him and listening to him to receive from him. And what did Jesus say about Mary? He chose the one thing. Mary chose the one thing that is needed brothers and sisters there's one thing that is needed one thing means one thing okay you know one thing is needed that one thing is Jesus that one thing is to see him and receive from him and hear from him that is what is needed 
It's not saying that we don't work. Jesus says, I must work the works of him who sent me because the night is coming and we cannot work anymore. But we want to be, as my brother David says there in Iraq, we want to be Marys who work, not Marthas who worship. Worship is not what we do every once in a while. It's who we are. It's who we are. And this is how I tell you, it's so important for us to become really a people of one thing. God is doing this around the world. He's coming back for a bride that is so infatuated with his beauty. And that is his, this bride that will be the habitation for his presence that he's coming back for. Amen. Mary, she chose to see him. And I tell you, the more we see him, the more we'll be like him. People say, what are you talking about? You know, seeing him, I tell with our hearts. With our hearts. Just as earlier when we were worshiping, I'm sure some of you had your eyes closed. And, you know, and we're tuning in and with our hearts, we are seeing him. It's hard to explain it with words, but we're seeing him, right? Something is happening. It is just we're receiving from him as we see him with the eyes of our hearts. And I tell you, that is a lifestyle. It's who we are. The more we see him, brothers and sisters, the more we become like him. In 1 John it says, when he is revealed, we shall be as he is. The more we see him, we become like him. The, what you stare at, what you stare at, you will become that. You know that, right? If you look at bad things enough over and over, you start thinking that way. You start acting like that. You st like that. You start getting dressed like that and doing everything. What you behold is what you become. And that's why Jesus says about marriage, she chose the one thing that is needed. What? Looking at him. Before I'm a missionary or a minister or a father or a, a husband even, my job description is looking at Jesus. That's my responsibility most of all. First of all, is to look at Him so we can be like Him. Thank you, Jesus. Ephesians 5.1, it says, imitate God as dear children. To imitate Him, we must look at Him. So we can imitate him. The more we see him, the more we fall in love with him. Amen. Amen. The more we see him, the more we fall in love. Why? He is burning with love. He is a consuming fire. He's burning with passion. He's burning with zeal for you. And the more you see his love for you, the more you will love him. That's why I tell him, Jesus, I want to receive so much love that I can love you back. And love others. So the more we see him, the more we fall in love. He is beautiful. He's beautiful enough to keep our attention on him. Hallelujah. The more we see him, we become people of his presence. Amen. That's what was happening to Mary at his feet. You know, she was becoming a woman of his presence. She was spending time with him. And you know, when God speaks, he was speaking to her. His words are spirit and life. He was imparting life to her. David, also in Psalm 27 verse 4, he says, One thing, one thing do I desire. To be in your house all the days of my life and to gaze on your beauty. You know, house represents where you live. 
In other words, David was saying, God, I want to live with you. I want to live in your apartment. God, I want to live with you. I want to gaze on your beauty. One thing I desire. Mary, David, the same thing. Paul was also a man of one thing. You know, he says, I, I, I count everything else lost for one thing that I might gain Christ. I want to know him and the power of his re resurrection, even to in the fellowship of suffering with him. I'm not going to take time on that, but there's persecution even in those believers now that were baptizing in that camp. You know, they're beating them up and threatening them. They're going through that. And we tell them, the more if you go through this and you look at him, you're going to go deeper and grow in him even much more because you will know him even in his suf in suffering with him. Amen. The more we see him, brothers and sisters, the more our desire to live intensifies. Amen. Because He is life. The more we see Him, we want to live. The more we see Him, we want to fulfill His plan. The more we see Him, we want to bring Him glory. We want to live our life to the full. So our desire to live intensify. Brothers and sisters, I'm, I'm sure, I, I, I feel that some of you are probably so discouraged. And maybe even not even a desire to live. I tell you, do this one thing. Come close to Jesus. And the closer you are to Him, you will start seeing more and more of Him. And the other thing starts fading away. And then you desire to live and fulfill His plan for you. Thank you, Jesus. That's why Paul says, prayed for the churches, the spirit of wisdom and revelation, he says, so that you may know Him. He said, that would be revealed. I pray for His spirit, the spirit of revelation, so that you can see Him and know Him. That's why he says, so that you can know Him. And the hope of His calling and the riches of His glory that we have inherited as His saints. You know, that's not a nice scripture to be like, so cute. No, it's reality. To know the riches of His glory. To live for that. To know the hope of His calling. That's why He says, I pray for the revelation for God's people to see Him. Amen. I'm going to close with this. Uh, it's, it's a decision that we make, brothers and sisters. This is not... We don't wake up in the morning, all of a sudden, we're a people of one thing, Jesus. No, it's choices that we make. It's decisions that we make. I want to be that man and woman of one thing. And that's why even the same thing, whether we're in Iraq, it doesn't matter. I don't want to look around me. Just as David says, God prepares a table, feast in the presence of my enemies. My cup overflows with his joy. He anoints my head with oil. In the midst of our enemies, he says, I prepare a feast with you. You want to know? That's why he says, I want to gaze on you. And we can do that, brothers and sisters, wherever we are. You know, the violence is increasing in the world. It's increasing here. It's, incre it's going to get worse. Brothers and sisters, but I tell you this. We are not to react the way the world reacts. We want to become a people of one thing. They, the, Jesus said people's hearts will fail them from fear of what they see coming on the earth. Gripped with fear. And it's happening, brothers and sisters, wherever. Maybe you're here this morning and you have fear. And this is, it says that because of the things happening, this is going to happen to people. But our reaction is to be different. To behold Him, to draw close to Him, to receive from Him. 
and peel him apart, his voice, his love, his life, his hope, his riches of his glory, everything. So that our reaction would be filled with love, with hope. You know, in Psalm 67, it says this, God, be merciful and bless us. Cause your face to shine on us, that your ways will be known on the earth and salvation to all nations. The more we worship, we become people of one thing. I worship you. I seek you. I want to see you. The more that happens, he says, his face will shine on us and his ways will be known on the earth. So when we do that, the people around you will become affected. The people around us will become affected. We're experiencing that in Iraq, brothers and sisters. Even Muslims are being affected and they want to come to Christians because they see the difference. And I tell you, it is time to shine. <laughs> the more we see him, other people be affected. I want to encourage you today uh, to really choose in your heart to be a people of one thing. To be a man or a woman. One thing, Jesus, I want to see you. Jesus, I want to know you. Amen. To think on these things, as the scripture says, what is pure, what is noble, what is good report. It's Jesus. And you can do that today. I want to hand this to Pastor Todd now. And I tell you, God wants to encounter and reveal even himself to you this morning. Don't miss the opportunity. He is here. Amen.